you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scott, formerly of 24-7, now all of Locked On. I do want to address something right at the start here. Um, so at this point in time, you know, I, I've been very open about what my world is like outside of the show. I do have a day job. The school year is getting ready to start. I have one kiddo, and the second one is you know, within the next month arriving. And why am I giving a lot of personal details at the top? Because uh, it's going to be hard for me to do five days a week. That's just the truth of the matter. Now, if you're out there being like, oh, no, does that mean less shows? No, it's not going to mean less shows. It just might mean a little less me. So, yeah, I, I don't have too much beyond that. I think there'll probably be a bit of a search to figure out exactly how they will do that and maybe get in someone who has a little more hosting uh, experience. It's all things that are going to come out in the wash. Uh, we're trying to figure things out a little bit more on the basic level. But I just I wanted to be honest with the fan base, with the listeners and everyone out there. We're approaching 600 episodes, uh, and it's a lot. It's an hour every night to, to do the show, and I know you're you're out there going, it's just an hour, and it's talking baseball. It is, but when you got like a limited window every night, and you got like three hours to yourself most evenings, uh, then you have to give up one. It, it just, and then it's something you have to do. No matter how much you love something, when it's something you have to do every day, it starts to become a grind. Uh, I still enjoy the show, I still like the show, but I just don't have the capability anymore to quite be the person I was at 200 or even 300 episodes in. It's just, again, more responsibilities, more time. I'm, you know, I'm being an old man, shaking my fist at clouds. You'll still get, like I said, all the great content. You'll still get five days a week, and I can't really give too many more specifics beyond that because I don't really have them. But I did just want to be very open and honest with the fan base that... Uh, yeah, within the next month or so, uh, you know, like I said, I will be on every week. It might just be two times, it might just be three times, but that is just a direction we're moving in. It's a chance for, you know, we'll figure out exactly who, but someone to step up and do some shows on their own to get someone who's just going to be their own voice on the show. Uh, and then occasionally we'll cross over, maybe even once a week, all the stuff that we have to figure out. And honestly, at this point in time, it's my my hand in this is just being like, I have to take a step back to a degree, uh, so I just let people know that, and now I'm letting the fans know that, so you're actually finding out uh, possibly before other people, uh, it, higher ups are locked on even know, but like I said, I, I appreciate the devoted fan base we've had over the years, uh, and like I said, this is not me going away, it's just me pulling back a bit, because it's, it's either pull back a bit or go away, and I think... To the listeners, you wouldn't want that. Maybe I'm wrong. It'd be a little bit weird to still be a listener if you don't like uh, what I talk about or my approach to this. And then also just for me, it's going to be a way just to pull back on the workload. So, yeah, there's that. That That's what is coming down the pipe. And, again, just wanted to be I, – I really appreciate everyone who's been with us. I do miss some of the people. I hope they're still listening who used to pop up all the time in the Twitters, the Facebooks. Uh, you know, Andy and Zal and the like, where I'm like, oh, I hope I didn't at some point offend them and they're gone. Uh, there's a few others that popped up here and there. 
and gone away. But I think for the most part, it's been a, a really strong base, and I really appreciate everyone who is uh, part of that strong base that allows this show to be successful. Well, enough of that. <laughs> Let's talk about this upcoming series against the Los Angeles Angels, who have, I think, who, the player who's got to be the front runner for the MVP. Uh, when you look at what Otani has done this year, I never thought he would do this. Like I, I thought he was going to be a reliever and, uh, you know, an above-average bat. That you know, the bat was the carrying tool. <laughs> the bat is certainly a carrying tool. Forty home runs so far this year, twelve percent walk, thirty percent strikeout, one sixty-seven runs created plus. Now, actually, still not the best runs created plus on this team. That still belongs to Mike Trout. Problem is, Trout has only appeared in thirty-six games this year. Uh, 29 years of age. It's, age is starting to have some effects. Uh, if you listened to me last offseason, I wanted the Indians to inquire about acquiring Jared Walsh. Uh, 121 runs created plus, uh, 22 home runs. Th- that's his bat pip is 327. 262, 322, 496. They've got some pieces. What's what's holding them back? Well, uh, injury to Trout is a big one. Darren Fletcher. And this is again, or Darren, David Fletcher. This is the danger with the high contact profile is even though Fletcher's got a 325 BAP hip showing that he's been lucky, he just doesn't do enough of anything else. There's not power, there's not walks. So it starts to be kind of a hollow or empty number. And he, yeah, he's got a 1.5 war. He's on pace for a little bit more than two. But you look at, I talked about him where if the Indians were to have traded uh, Clevenger to the Angels, he would have been a guy the Indians would have likely targeted. And I know they like that profile. I know a lot of people out there. I know, like, maybe we'll talk about MLB Pipeline later in the show. They just released their top 30 list. Uh, if we have some time, we'll talk about it. But they put Ty Freeman one. I just couldn't do that because this profile, again, is, is one that scares me. Uh, I don't like power only with or not power. I do like power. I can deal with power only if there's enough, but not, I mean, it's not like I'm the biggest Bobby Bradley fan either. I need multiple tools. And there is an outcome where the high-end player can be hit only and be a successful major leaguer. David Fletcher is still a successful major leaguer, but you're not getting someone who's truly special, I guess, when you only have that one trait. And that's, that's what, you know, my issue is. Uh, Sometimes some of the guys, the Indians draft, why I'm not as high. Justin Upton's been okay, only 83 games, round league average. Anthony Rendon has been slightly below league average. It's a danger of going out and signing these guys who are very near 30. Uh, Even if things change for the Indians and there's that salary floor, you still got to be smart. Uh, Locking up guys into their 30s is is a way to get yourself in trouble. Uh, It's part of the reason why, honestly, I don't know if the Indians would have... A ton, a ton of interest in some kind of extended long-term contract with Jose Ramirez because they already have him signed into his early 30s. Do you really want to pay for the mid and late 30s? You're you're paying for what they've already done and knowing regressions there. It, you know, I it's not my money, so I'm fine with it. But I, I understand to a degree uh, if the Indians decide that uh, that's not what they want to do. Uh, continuing on with the Angels, you know, it's, it, like I said, the big names have disappointed or been injured outside of Otani. Max Max Stasi has been a huge find for them. Uh, 
pitching wise, they kind of entered this year with the hope that um, Dylan Bundy, who had really stepped up a year ago, would be the dude for them. You know, he looked like a top five candidate, top at least a top seven candidate for the Cy Young this year. He's been league average, point one WAR. Griffin Canning got hurt. Uh, Jamie Barrio, who's been pitching, who will pitch, I think, game one, has not been good. They went out and made some minor trades, but at the end of the day, when your number two pitcher is Alex Cobb, that's not ideal. Andrew Haney, uh, Patrick Sandoval. Sandoval's been a pleasant, I don't want to say surprise. We've been talking about him for years. I always said he'd be more of a reliever, but it's worked out for them. The trade for Rossiel Iglesias has worked out. Even bringing someone like Steve Chizik has been fine. Uh, but yeah, it's the the holdback is the injury to Trout, and then multiple, you know, Rendon, Bundy, uh, Upton, having these players that you're paying money to uh, with high expectations and just not getting that return has hurt the Angels uh, a lot, and that is why yet again they're on the outside looking in. It's it's almost embarrassing at this point in time. Uh, they always assume to Angels fans, like, this is going to be the year. And I've had a lot of Angel fan listeners through the years because of my fr- uh, friendship with Taylor Blake Ward, not the catcher, but the writer, journalist. And the problem with the Angels is what it's always been, that their their minor leagues are lacking depth and they go out and make signings and have lost the draft picks and they've made trades and nothing's really worked out and that's why but of having a generational talent, a truly generational transcendent talent, they are where they are. And, you know, those young players like Joe Adele, it just, it, it's kind of surprising how little of an opportunity he's had. Brandon Marsh, uh, th- these guys, you know, Marsh is at now 108 plate appearances, but the problem is, is he's got a 65 run created plus on the year. I was trying to remember if Joe Adele got hurt or if they just have barely called him up for 60 plate appearances. And then you look at the bottom here. It's like they made that trade with Dexter Fowler doing bad contract for bad contract. I believe they signed Kurt Suzuki. Uh, Scott Shebler had a stop here. I mean, they cut pool holes. Louis Rangifo was supposed to be an, an answer for them. He was part of that... Uh, trade that imploded for Jock Peterson. He he had value. Very bad year for him. That just kind of almost across the board. They've had more negatives than positives. Uh, outside of Stasi, Walsh, and Otani, it feels like it's been mostly a series of disappointments this year. Uh, maybe Jack Mayfield, who's been a bit of a surprise for them, is, is another pleasant uh, piece, but yeah, the Angels, they just keep... I mean, the Mariners have passed them in development. It's... I feel bad. Again, you know, Angels fans have been very kind to me over the years because of that friendship. I've gotten to know a lot of Angel fans. And it's it stinks. When you have a player that good, it's... Go back to when we were uh, here in Cleveland, fans of LeBron Cavs Part 1, where, you know, that team went out and signed Larry Hughes to be the running piece and remember those days, and they... Uh, let Carlos Boozer out of his contract because he was going to sign a cheap extension contract and said he bolted and took max money. Uh, just situations like that where it was just every move that could go wrong did go wrong and it didn't matter. You had a transi- transcendent talent. That's the Angels. And the weird thing is they might have moved from one generational talent 
to potentially the next generational talent, and they're still struggling to be better than 500. We're going to do a one-by-one comparison, go through positionally, all in a moment. So I've spent a lot of time discussing Bilt Bar. I had a rocky road and a grasshopper fudge today was my uh, was my breakfast for the car ride in. I buy this product. I spend my own money on this product because it's good for you. It tastes good and it's filling. And they also just announced a new flavor today, pistachio. If that's your thing, you want to race over now and get pistachio because I'll tell you, they don't stick. They don't stay. These new flavors, when they come, they move quickly. You know, I bought Rocky Road. Guess what? You can't buy that anymore. I went out and I bought the Grasshopper Fudge. Guess what? Not available. Uh, right now, Peanut Butter Brownie is back. Pistachio, Strawberry, Orange, Coconut, Almond. Those are all of the kind of seasonal ones that uh, you can find. And especially because pistachio is brand new, uh, you're going to want to go get that quickly. For instance, right now I can see on the bar, 160 calories, 17 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar. Every time I do an ad read, I want to go put in a new uh, order because I love and enjoy this product so much. It is great. It is something I spend money on because it is a great product. Go to BuiltBar.com and don't forget to use the, the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15%. I used that when I made my last order. It's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. Let's do the good old comparison piece that uh, back in the day everyone enjoyed. So let's compare these two teams. Let's go position by position, starting a catcher. Now, you've heard me talk about the breakout of Max Stasi this year for the Angels. He's been valued at a 2.4 war uh, defensively. He On fan graphs, he has a positive value. His runs created plus is a 130. It's one of the best numbers any catcher in baseball has. He has 10 home runs. It he is buoyed by a 371 bat pip, so an extreme amount of luck. But 275 average, 353 on base, 477 slugging. You know what the Indians have. This is a clear win for the Angels. Moving to first base. So we've talked about Jared Walsh's breakout versus right now Owen Miller because uh, we have not uh, had Bobby Bradley in a while. And honestly, even if Bobby Bradley was there, Walsh is having the better year. That's advantage Angels. Time to flip on over to second base. So for the Indians, that's been Jimenez, mostly of late. For the Angels, that's David Fletcher. I mentioned how Fletcher's having a down year. He is still better than what the Indians have. Advantage, Angels. That's three positions in a row. Moving over to shortstop. Jose Iglesias is playing uh, another kind of cheap, under-the-radar addition for uh, Los Angeles. I thought that it was a great get, much like when they added... Rossiel Iglesias, I thought that was a fantastic ad. Now, Med Rosario, defensively, isn't doesn't like the world on fire. Offensively, yeah, he's been about league average, but you put everything together and he's he's got two two war. Iglesias isn't there. Iglesias is definitely a better defender, but the bat is not as good. I say advantage Indians in that combination. Two point lead to. LA going to third base uh, of late it's been Phil Goslin there for uh, Anaheim Let's see I'm going to pull up and tell you the injury for Rendon is hip surgery so he is likely done for the year uh, if you want to know the rest Fowler is a torn ACL and, and Trout is the strained calf uh, and then I talked about you know their top pitchers uh, you can't help but laugh because 
Uh, otherwise, if you're an Angels fan, you'd cry because Cobb, who has been their second best one, has wrist inflammation, has not pitched since July. And Patrick Sandoval, the young lefty, has a lumbar spine stress reaction uh, that's been since the middle of August. Just unfortunate, more things that stack up against this team. So third base, Phil Gosselin's bounced around, but he's actually been pretty productive this year. He was a name when I was going through the da- uh, their data. I was like, wait, really? I, I feel like, you know, it's it. He, I'm gonna pull and see the teams he's played for, but he's a 32 year old at this point. But he's been about a league average player for them. 100 runs created plus. Let's see, we have Atlanta, Cincy, Philadelphia. <laughs> yes, they have bat, will travel. Advantage Indians. It's just it's a massive advantage between third base for what the Indians have versus what they currently have. And even if Rondon was there and healthy, it would be advantage Indians. Moving on to the outfield. Let's see. I have been. Uh, who cares about order? Uh, let's go with left field first. Justin Upton. Been roughly league average uh, for LA this year. Now we're not taking into account something like. Uh, value with contract and overall cost. Uh, left field has been mostly Oscar Mercado of late, who has not been league average. He is a better defender, but you're going to give advantage to the uh, to Los Angeles there. They were down to a one-point advantage. This takes them back up to two. Center field, you got Miles Straw versus Brandon Marsh. Uh, with no trout there, this is advantage Indians. Marsh has really struggled to hit since he got called up, and Straw is a better defender. I mean, there's very few people who are better defenders. It's very weird to face the Los Angeles Angels and be like, advantage in center field to the Cleveland Indians. That's a sentence you just do not expect to make, that the Indians have the advantage in center field when facing the Angels. Uh, so that takes the Angels' advantage down to one. Right field's been Joe Adele. He has also struggled. Bradley Zimmer's playing so well of late. Advantage Indians. That's right. The Indians took two out of three spots in the outfield. We are truly at end times. Uh, currently tied up. Now DH, Fran Mill's great, but, I mean, Otani. Do we really even need to debate that? No advantage to the Angels. So they have a one-point advantage. Now you go and you look at starting pitching and relief. So Otani's been a good pitcher. Uh, the Indians did light him up last time. We talked about his issues where he is wild, and the Indians don't always walk a lot. They don't always take advantage of that. So we'll see if they can when they face Otani. But overall, I look at this rotation, and after Otani, when you got Quintana, Berea, Detmers has been solid in his call-up. Uh, Jose Suarez, Dylan Bundy, you know, Bundy's pitch better of late, but I, I think the rotation is still an advantage to the Indians when you look at what Quantrell and McKenzie are starting to do, when you look at what Morgan's doing, when you look that you have Plesak. Uh Yeah, Hench is, is not an advantage, but the other four-fifths, uh, I would take over Otani, Detmers, uh, Bundy, and Suarez, if you're doing a comparison. or Yeah, so that'd be their top four versus the Indians. Bullpen-wise... Uh, Rossiel Iglesias has been great. I was almost surprised they didn't flip him because it's very clear they're not going to win anything this year, and he's a free agent to be. Uh, then after that, I mean, Steve Chizik at 35 years of age, Mike Mayers, Jose Cuijada, uh Austin Warren, Andrew Wance. These are the guys that have developed. It's a lot of 
a lot of scrap heap moves, a lot of guys off of waivers, a lot of free agents, a few small trades here and there, but the bullpen is definitely something that's been scrapped together, and it shows. Uh, the Indians' bullpen is, in some ways, similar. It's the elite closer situation, and then just some players who are a little bit less than uh, over the last few months. No one's really stepping up for the Indians in terms of that bullpen. Uh, a lot of losses into the I mean, you look at this week, almost all of their losses were tied to bullpen performance. I think it's a push. I don't think either team really is gaining an advantage thanks to their bullpen. I think both teams are hurt by their pens, not helped by their pens. So we are to push one point lead and well, and then with the rotation, it's an even series. So everything on paper is pretty even for these matchups. Now, when you look at the individual pitching matchups, Henches versus Berea, Berea, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Anaheim. Berea hasn't been good. It's also a very tempting push matchup. Just in general, uh, there, I, I don't think you feel super confident about either pitcher on the mound, but Henches is just not going long into games. Then you get McKenzie versus Detmers. I would say advantage McKenzie. After that, Quantrell versus Jose Suarez. That should be advantage Quantrell. So the Indians should win this series. They should take two out of three. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case. And then they have that off day Monday before uh, Texas, which is a pretty easy matchup all in all before heading to Boston, who's a team that's scuffling a bit. I will be curious to see. I know we had, we really didn't talk about Tuesday, both Bieber and Plesak through. Uh, We'll have to see when they're closer, when they're ready, and how this team will handle uh, pitcher workloads. But yeah, that's where we are. This is a series, like I said, the Indians should beat the Angels. Friday is probably the hardest matchup just due to who the Indians have on the mound. Uh, overall, with the injury to Trout and Rendon and you know the important, some important pieces of their pitching staff, uh, the Indians have they don't have the advantage in this series, but they are at least on even ground. Uh, so that's my takeaway. I'm going to take another quick commercial break, and we'll come back and talk about prospect promotions, prospect rankings, and more. And our sponsor is betonline.ag. Let's see if they agree with my take on tomorrow's Indians game that uh, the advantage should be with the Angels. Remember, when you go to betonline.ag to use our promo code LOCKEDON to get your 5-0-50% bonus on your first deposit. I've talked about it before. This is one of those things which is not necessarily my specialty. It's not my knowledge base, but I can just tell you futures, game players, player props, Sportsbook 101. Hey, I can learn more here. Martial arts, soccer, golf, boxing, anything you can imagine, you'll find over at Bet Online, our official sponsors. So yeah, um, no, uh, I think specifically because this is a home game, uh, the Angels are getting the run and a half in tomorrow's game uh, at a neg one seventy five though. So from what I understand, I could be wrong. Uh, it seems that people are betting heavily on that one because Hench's minus one half is getting plus 155 so it seems like people are agreeing with me if i am right in my understanding uh, let me know if i am or am i if i'm not uh, i'm sure there are people out there who know these things much better than me the contest esports poker all over at betonline.ag our official sponsor for 
all things gambling and the like, go there today. Use the promo code LOCKED ON to get that 50% bonus on your first deposit. And heck, if you'd listened to me earlier this week, you'd have some few extra bucks based on one game that I, I'm still kicking myself. I was even sitting there going, man, this is ridiculous that they're giving Quantrell runs and don't be like me. Go to bed online today. So let's just start with the elephant in the room. I made all this talk that we wouldn't see a John Kenzie Noel promotion, and then they promptly promote him. I I don't understand. You know, there's things I don't get. I just assumed they're burying him because of percentages and, you know, less exposure and this or that, and then they still promote him anyways. And then I don't understand why they waited so long. I I don't know. Uh, There's times I just, uh, there are things I don't understand, and this one was one. Uh, Either you bury him or you don't. I don't understand this halfway approach to it, but hey, you know, they're the ones developing a top uh, top end elite minor leagues. That is not what I am doing, so let, let's default to them and everything they're doing right. So let's take a second though and talk about the Akron game. Uh, against Harrisburg, Logan T. Allen, Logan Allen the Younger versus Tim Kate, who was a guy I thought the Indians might draft way back in the day out of UConn. Uh, he got hurt that draft year and was a very traditional Nationals pick. Uh, rough game for Kate, but lefty versus lefty in this one. Uh, Logan T. Allen goes six and a third, three hits, two runs, two walks, eight strikeouts. Stolen base by uh, Rokio, who also got caught stealing. Will Brennan let it off with a home run. Brian Levestida's first two at-bats, home run and double, both opposite field. I mean... Even Naylor got in here. Every player had a hit. 11 runs across for the Rubber Ducks. Uh, Brennan and Rokio each had three. Rokio has been on fire since he was promoted. Brennan's still playing well. I mean, the only guys who aren't really playing super well. Uh, Naylor's, like I say, he's improving, showing signs of life. Uh, Jose Fermin is showing improvement. Ike Freeman, who was called up when Ty Freeman got hurt. And Chris Roller, who was the player that last year you might be like, why well, do not remember that name? The Indians drafted him in the minor league portion of the Rule 5 draft uh, to be a depth player for them at this level. And, uh, you know, he has been that. Uh, another big win. Many, uh, you know, again, Lavastida's second home run already. Brennan's second home run. Uh, it's nice. Lavastida, I mean, they have him hitting fourth in the lineup. 333, 948 right now. Uh, Rokio is two, Quan is three, Will Brennan one. Uh, I think it speaks to a lot of things when they're putting Levistita up there. But let's jump back and talk about the prospect listing. Uh, Callis and Mayo are fantastic human beings and do great work. It is a nigh on impossible task to do what they do as two people. Uh, to put together a 30 list is it's just you can't do it uh as well as a local thing like you know the prospects um one prospect site whose name i can't really think of right now it's like i went and i looked at their list and i was i was uh, one of those where i'm like i i don't i strongly disagree with a lot of things here um and you know i know some of those times like they get local contributors but you never know who that local contributor is and I mean, I would always say, if you want more on the Indians prospects, go to, you know, where I used to write, go to Indians Baseball Insider. Like that is something they're focused on. They have someone at every single game. 
that that's where you're going to get your best info. But let's dive in these lists. Uh, Ty Freeman won. I understand what he did this year. He and here's the thing: like Freeman, Valera, Nolan Jones, one, two, and three, all prospect-wise. Like you look at the top 100, they're like within seven or eight of each other. Like they are very closely grouped in that uh, list. So they're very close in ranking. I understand Jones has more risk, uh, but I do like the profile there. I don't understand Arias down to four. Like, with what Arias... I'm going to have Arias higher than Freeman. Like, that's just going to be the truth of it. He does more. There's more pathways to success for him. Uh, I just... I have my issues with those contact-first profiles, so that should not be a surprise. And Valera, my only knock is, I mean, he's showing massive improvement. He's just lower in the minors to me. So he's he's fourth, but it's just because I value production at higher levels. Like, it's not anything he could do based on where he has played. They put Daniel Espino at five. Um, still a little aggressive for me, but he's clearly in the top ten. Bo Naylor, six. I don't know if I have him in my top ten. Uh, as I'm going through the list, you know, I'll have to balance out what I'm thinking. Uh, just in terms of draft class and players and what they've done. But Naylor might be sitting around 11 or 12 for me. Uh, Rokoyo, or Rokio 7. Honestly, I probably have Rokio 5th in this system right now, uh, just with what he has done uh, through multiple levels, age relatives level, all of that. I probably have him 5th. I still don't know. I, I can't quite put it. Espino's, Espino's probably like 8, just due to the risk inherent in that profile. Uh, Angel Martinez has been a revelation. I don't know if that's good enough. They have him at eight to get him in that top 10. Gavin Williams was fantastic for ECU. I understand first round picks always get slotted in. I just don't understand how he can get slotted in without having pitched since college. The college season ended ahead of like Logan Allen, who's already in double A. Now Logan Allen is 10th on their list, but and I know Williams has a much higher ceiling, but at the same time, uh, Logan Allen would be ahead of Gavin Williams for me. Like honestly, like I said, if I'm doing this list, it's Jones, Arias, Freeman, Valera, Rocchio, and those. Like I said, that's the easy five. Part of me is well, we'll go through. Tanner Burns eleven is also aggressively high in my opinion. Uh, he he came out looking great, but he's had injury issues and some ineffectiveness. Uh, Jose Tenya should clearly be ahead of him, who's 12. Owen Miller at 13 is also a little aggressive for me. Uh, he's probably just a guy I drop back into the late teens. Uh, Levastida at 14. He is a top 10 guy for me at this point. Richie Palacios, he's probably 11 or 12. Uh, probably maybe 10. On my own personal list, like I said, I really have to sit down and hammer it out. He's at 15. Bracho at 16. It's fine. If you still want to bet on a chance for a bounce back, I'm not going to argue that. Carson Tucker at 17 hasn't played uh, hardly at all this year. Now this is where it gets interesting. Peyton, Beatonfield, well, I mean, the whole thing's interesting. Beatonfield, 18. Uh, that's kind of aggressive just in terms of uh, rank. I don't have any issue with that. Doug Nikhazy at 19, P.D. Halpin at 20, Tommy Mace at 21, Ethan Hankins down to 22. Uh, he was a guy who's borderline top 10 for them uh, at points in time. Now, this is one I hate. <laughs> Cody Morris at 23. No. Like, Cody, I, I'm going to be, like, Cody Morris 
has to be very close to the top 10 or in it. And I, I mean, personally, on my list, he's going to be in there. Lenny Torres down to 24. Uh, talked about his struggles. Gabriel Rodriguez, he's a big money guy. Uh, I, I don't know if I necessarily love him there at 25. John Kenzie Noel, 26. I mean, he should be late teens, mid-teens, so don't love that. Milan Tolentino, he's been fine. Carlos Vargas is hurt, so I... He was kind of a teens. They knocked back Isaiah Green uh, from. He's been quite good, but in rookie ball. And then Will Brennan, who we talked about, who's been in Double A, who's also performed very well. Uh, Josh Wolf, uh, Joey Cantillo, two interesting guys not mentioned at all. Like Cantillo would still be on this list for me. I know he's hurt, but to completely drop him uh, after he was high teens seems a little aggressive to me. And I would put Connor Pilkington in the top 30 as well. Uh, and Josh Wolf wouldn't be there for me. But again, this is a guy who they had like 10th or 11th in the system. That is a tremendous drop from the start of the year. Uh, you know, they, they adjust at points. I thought it was, I, I knew at the beginning of the year they were not as high on Arias, but they've come around. It's interesting to see. It's just interesting to look at and talk about. Again, I have nothing but the utmost respect for what Mayo and Callas do. It is an impossible job, and they do it well. Much better than I could do, much better than probably you could do out there as well. I don't know you, so maybe you could do better. But for the most part, I think that they excel at what they do. I want to thank everyone for listening this week. Remember to rate and review, download daily. That really helps the podcast. Uh, And for the next year, go Tribe. And after that, go, go, Guardians, go.